Hey guys, welcome to season two, episode seven of Business Shit. Today's episode is brought to you by SewItAcademy.com. I'm your host, Mimi G, and today's topic is just move. It's a continuation of last week's episode where I talked about dealing with anxiety. I love when I do an episode and you guys flood my email and my uh, social media with questions or your stories relating to what I've just talked about. Um, one, because it always makes me feel like, see, I know I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who deals with this kind of stuff. Um, but it also does the same thing for you guys. I got so many stories um, of, of you guys saying, you know, it was like you were talking to me. You know when you go to church and you sit in there and the pastor starts talking and you be like, ooh, did somebody tell me? <laughs> Is he talking about me? That's the same sort of experience that you get when you're hearing somebody share a story and you have that same sort of story. So for me, um, it just sort of reinforces um, my own personal feelings on being, I guess, maybe, I wouldn't use the word courageous. It's not, I don't feel it's courageous, but, um, and just having enough guts to really share my story and talk about all my personal shit. Um, because I know that a lot of times when you guys send me messages, you always start with, um, thank you so much for your transparency. And um, I think for me, that's really important because, uh, in, especially in the world that we live in, Everything always looks so good on the outside, but people really have no idea the struggles that people really go through in life. And so if I can talk about the fact that I go through things just like you guys go through, that I am not the perfect person, that I am not the best mom, the best wife, the best friend, the best everything all the time, um, and that I've dealt with things that <clears throat> maybe you guys you know, didn't think that I dealt with. Um, and, and somehow that helps you guys, or maybe somebody listening or somebody you referred my podcast to, which by the way, thank you guys so much for tagging your friends and, um, and sharing the podcast. It helps us grow and it helps me to bring more, uh, episodes to you guys. So thank you for that. Um, so, you know, for me talking about the anxiety, uh, issue last week was really important because, um, I think it's something that, and obviously that was confirmed by your messages that a lot of us deal with a lot and in various forms. I mean, it's not always huge turmoil. It's not always, um, you know, sexual abuse or physical abuse or huge issues in your life. It could just be something that's going on that you don't know how to deal with in your your body and your brain are causing conflict within you and it causes you to have anxiety or feeling overwhelmed or just being sad or depressed or whatever it is. So because there was so much conversation and uh, story sharing it, after last week's episode, I just wanted to do sort of a continuation of that. Um, one, because I think that uh, a lot of you were like, I wish the episode was longer. <laughs> and I always feel really weird about talking for too long because I'm like, I'm gonna bore the hell out of you guys talking for 40 minutes. Um, but I think sometimes some topics just require a whole lot more talking. So um, I just wanted to cover a couple of things um, that I wanted to, to say 
um, in the last episode that maybe I didn't get to say. Um, just a couple other thoughts that I had after I had filmed, edited, and published. And then I wanted to answer a couple of specific questions that were asked um, about my story. So the first thing I wanted to do was um, say that you are never alone. Oh, and, and I'm going to say this really quickly. So if you're watching me on YouTube, okay, I know some of you guys like to listen to me and some of you guys like to watch me. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm going to say sorry now because my head is going to be stuck um, in my computer looking at my notes because I don't want to forget anything. Um, a lot of times I try to remember as much as I possibly can so that I'm looking at the camera when I'm talking to you guys. Um, but because of that, I sometimes forget notes that I write to myself. So um, I'm going to be a little more focused on my notes today. So the very first thing is um, you're never alone and someone is always going through the same thing you're going through and a lot of times maybe even worse. So I wanted to say that because a resounding uh, amount of you were like, oh, that's how I feel. That's happened to me. This is what I'm going through. Um, and because of that, a lot of you were saying how you thought that you were the only person. Oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't think that I was, um, I thought I was the only person going through this sort of issue or, you know, I, I thought I was the only person afraid to talk to a therapist or I was the only person. That's never the case in anything that you're going through. No matter what it is, whether good or bad, you're never the only person going through something. There's always someone going through the same thing or worse um, than you are going through right now. And so I always try to keep that in the back of my mind. The second thing was that taking the initiative to talk with someone is always scary. But if you feel like you've run out of options, okay, if you're at home trying to DIY your therapy, okay, <laughs> I'm the DIY queen, but don't DIY your therapy, okay? <laughs> you need to seek professional help. So if you done read yourself to death on some books and you done Googled yourself into uh, a, a, a sleepy, of falling asleep routine at night and you have talked to all your girlfriends and you have shared all your feelings with everybody and you still find yourself having these issues, you need to seek professional help. And I know that that's hard and a lot of you guys um, had sort of thoughts on that, whether or not you wanted to seek therapy, whether or not you felt you needed to seek therapy. Some of you shared that you had bad experiences before in seeking therapy. And so that has sort of caused you, um, I guess, hesitation in wanting to do that again. I will say that I had those same experiences, um, not so much with a therapist, but with someone who I shared a lot of information with, who you know, um, I was very open with. And then, you know, after the fact, uh, found out that, you know, sometimes people share information that they shouldn't be sharing when you confide in somebody. And so that's always scary. The one thing that I felt great about when it came to my therapist is that I knew it wasn't going beyond that room. I don't give a shit if she was telling other people who she knew. She wouldn't tell anybody I knew. <laughs> and, you know, and you have that sort of I guess, safeguard, right? That they cannot breach that confidentiality. And that gives you the ability to be yourself and really speak your truth when you're sitting in front of that person. The other thing that I wanted to um, say is that 
I used to watch television or movies and you know when you're watching a movie or TV or something and there's a scene where someone's talking to a therapist and they're sitting on their couch and the therapist is asking them a bunch of questions and I would always sit to myself and think, why are you asking me so many questions? Aren't you supposed to be telling me what's wrong with me, not asking me a bunch of questions? And I didn't really understand it until I went through therapy. All of those questions work because what happened is when I went to therapy and I sat down and she starts to ask me questions and in my head at first I was like see this is what they do in TV and movies asking me a bunch of questions about things and as I found myself answering the questions it it almost like opens up this like world of things that you never even thought about and in answering specific questions that maybe you never even thought to ask yourself. And I think that's what it is. It's that a lot of times when we're going through things, we feel like we're the victim, right? This is happening to me. Someone is doing something to me. And when you're in that in that headspace, and listen, yo, I'm not a professional, okay? So don't, <laughs> I ain't a therapist. I'm just sharing my experience. When you're in that sort of headspace, it's hard to ask yourself the questions that you really should be asking yourself. And because of that, when you go seek professional help and you're sitting with a therapist and they're asking you all of these questions that then you, you're sitting there answering and at the same time you're having light bulb moments, you're like, oh shit, I never thought about that. I never, I never heard myself say this out loud. And I think that um, sort of brings a, a level of awareness to you that you, I don't think you can do reading a book or talking to a friend or, you know, doing that DIY therapy that I was talking about. I think that's something that really um, requires somebody who has deep knowledge um, in getting you to see. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to um, say was that a lot of times the questions that are asked of you, um, you don't think are related to your, your problem, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, what does my childhood have to do with what I'm currently going with right now? What does my previous marriage have to do with my future relationships? What does how my mom grew up have anything to do with how I respond or react to things? But they do and you don't realize them, but all of the experiences that you have in your life in some way or another affect who you are today. And if those experiences were not good, or if those um, people in your lives were not, were not role models or gave you a good representation of what it was to be a mom or a wife or a woman or whatever, then all of those things play into who you are now. And it wasn't until I went through therapy that I realized sort of all of the different dots that were connected for me. The hardest thing um, about therapy, and I'll talk about this a little bit more in that first question that was asked of me, but the hardest thing about therapy, I think is coming to terms with your own shit. Cause that's not easy. And that goes back to being like when you find yourself going through all of these issues 
we have a tendency to be like, oh, this is happening to me. Why is this happening to me? This person did this to me. That person did that to me. My boss, my job, my kids, my husband, my this, my that. And nobody really wants to say, I'm causing this. I'm the problem. Nobody ever wants to do that. And when you go through therapy, one of the hardest things to come to terms with is that a lot of what is happening could be because of you and not because you're doing something on purpose or not because you're not in that way, but in a way that maybe you're not seeing how you respond to things, how you deal with conflict, how you um, deal with someone doing something that you don't like, or there are so many different things that you yourself can learn to control and we don't. And so when something happens, we're quick to look at somebody else to find the reason why this is happening to us. And for me, the hardest part was realizing that a lot of what was happening had to do with me. I know that for me, allowing myself to be vulnerable was always a big issue. I don't like to look weak. I don't like to seem weak. And for some reason, I considered being vulnerable a weakness. And it's so not a weakness. But in being vulnerable, I also had to learn to forgive myself because some days in therapy, I would literally, as I'm talking and answering the questions that she's asking me, I'm thinking to myself, I'm really fucked up. I got issues. <laughs> like, like legit, I have issues. I am a terrible person. And, and as I'm sitting there, I would start to get that feeling like, yo, homegirl, you really need to deal with the things that you do. And part of that came with having um, the ability to look at myself and see what it was that I was doing to cause some of the conflicts that were happening in my life. But at the end of therapy, at the end of that session, I would leave feeling like I was aware, right? And if you are aware of what you do, you can fix it. But if you don't even get to the point where you can be aware of your own shit, you cannot fix it. And looking for other people to fix issues for you will not work. In, in a relationship, in conflicts, there's always two sides of the story, right? There's what people say, <laughs> there's your story, their story, and then there's the truth. It's the same thing with like your inner self. There's the story that I tell myself. There's the story that other people tell you in an argument or in a problem or in a discussion or whatever. And then there's really the truth, right? So for me, I had to sort of be like, okay, yes, this happened to me. And part of the issue was what somebody else did to me. But the second part of that is how I responded to that. How I took that in and then gave it back. And that is sometimes the hard part, right? Is how can I better deal with conflict? And that for me was, I think, one of the biggest issues that I had. For me, I don't think that there's a right or a wrong. Um, I think there's only clarity. So there's no right and there's no wrong. 
there's just clarity. And if you could just work on trying to achieve clarity versus trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong, I think that will help you significantly, even in business, even in anything that you're doing. People are often focused on, oh, I'm right, I'm right, you're wrong. And sometimes you just really need to find the, the clarity, but you need to find the awareness in that situation. So I said that I had gotten a lot of questions specifically about my experience with therapy. So I'm going to try to answer um, three of the ones that were posed the most often. <laughs> I got these quite a bit. So the first one was, uh, what was my hesitation? Right. So I talked about last week that I was hesitant to go sit in front of somebody and talk about what I was feeling. And I think that for me, the hardest part about that, like I said, the, my hesitation was that I didn't want to go in there and realize that the issues were me. It was easier for me to say that it was all of these different people and all of these different things that were happening and not that it was things that I was specifically doing um, to cause the anxiety and the depression and the sadness. Um, and I think because I was because I didn't want to realize that, I think I was a little bit hesitant about sitting in front of somebody and feeling like I was going to get found out, realizing that the things that you do tie into um, something you may have just not realized. Um, it was scary, the thought of it, but after doing it, it was so eye-opening for me that I am so grateful and so thankful that I did it. Um, one of the other things um, that I'm really thankful about, but, but obviously was uh, also a hesitation, was that I learned... Um, and last week I talked about being black and white. I, I talked about a couple of things that I realized during therapy, but one of the largest um, issues for me was that I give people allowances, too many allowances. So in talking uh, with my therapist, I realized that I would allow people to do things um, that bothered me. I stayed friends with people that I probably shouldn't have been friends with much longer, um, even though there were things about them that I didn't maybe necessarily like or things that hurt me or things that bothered me. Um, I sometimes uh, allowed people to make me feel bad or even hurt me just to avoid confrontation. I was in situations where I felt people took advantage of me. I was in situations where... Um, I stayed, for example, stayed in a marriage where I had completely lost myself um, just to avoid conflict. It, for me, it was always easier to just go along than it was to be confrontational. And so, for example, um, I would be sharing a story with my therapist and I'd be talking about how someone had made me feel, um, what they had done to me. Um, and then in the same breath, right? I would start making excuses and allowances for their behavior. Oh, well, yes, they did this to me, but maybe they were having a bad day. Yes, they did this to me, but maybe they weren't aware of it. Yes, they did this to me, but maybe. And I did that for a lot of things in my life. And at a certain point, I had to realize that 
sometimes you just need to confront the issue and confront the problem versus me just going along and taking all this stuff and then allowing it to sort of fester in me and then it would just come out in a bad way and I talked about this before it would just come out like in a really bad way and and that didn't help the situation right it just made the situation worse but for me the thought of of con of having a confrontation or a conflict just <laughs> freaked me out and so instead of doing that I just allowed people to do what they were going to do and I made excuses and allowances for them and then in the same breath I made excuses and allowances for myself and that that was a hard pill to swallow one of the other things was um, questions that was asked was why do you think that the anxiety came when you were settled and air quotes happy um, I ain't no expert but I think that when you're going through turmoil you're going through a really difficult time you ain't got time to be sitting around <laughs> dealing with how you're feeling um, at least I didn't right um, now that doesn't mean that because you're going through something which I, I did all the time when I was going through turmoil in my life or I was having difficulties or issues, I just push things away. I just push them away because you just have to, I'm in survival mode and I just need to get things done and I'm focused on that. And ain't nobody got time to be sitting around feeling sorry for yourself, thinking about all these feelings that you're having. You just need to survive. You need to get through it. And so I think that that's what I did. And so because of that, I just kept pushing all this stuff behind me and just doing what I thought I needed to do. I need to get through this and, and, and in survival mode, that's all you're focused on. But that doesn't mean that because you don't deal with it, that it goes away, right? It just gets pushed back further into your mind, but it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't get fixed. It doesn't get dealt with. So I just had pushed all this stuff behind me and then, you know, I got settled. I was in a happy place. I was having all of this success and having all this, all these joyful moments and in a really great relationship and the kids are happy and everybody happy. And that I think is when my body and my, my mind stopped being in survival mode, right? And then I, my mind and my body or whatever it is, I don't know, got settled. And then all of a sudden, all of these things that I had pushed away start coming to the forefront of my mind. And now my body is in a place to sort of be like, girlfriend, you have to deal with this stuff. You just pushed it out of the way and I kept it out of the way for a while. But now, now it's back and now you have to deal with it. And I think that it just came as a, like a flood and it completely overwhelmed me and almost it it almost debilitated me i i couldn't move i couldn't focus i couldn't breathe i couldn't think i couldn't i couldn't anything and i think that's where the anxiety and the sadness and the crying and the feeling helpless sort of came in because my body has stopped being in survival mode and sort of just allowed all of these things to sort of come because you have to deal with them. You can't just ignore them. You have to deal with them. And I don't care how long you keep pushing that stuff to the back. At some point, you're going to open that closet door and all that shit's going to fall on you. You know what I'm saying? You could stuff all you want into a closet. But at some point, you got to clean that shit out. All right. 
Third question, how do you balance everything that you do? I get so much anxiety when I feel I can't get it all done. Listen, if you guys are watching me on YouTube, you can see my face. I don't balance all of nothing. <laughs> Every time that I do an interview, I get asked the same question. Mimi G, you do so much. How do you balance it all? <laughs> I don't, I don't balance nothing. Listen, I think that people think that, I don't know, that there's some kind of like magic schedule that I have. One of my favorite quotes, and I don't know where I read it, but it says, he that is everywhere is nowhere. If you are everywhere trying to do a million things, nothing is getting your full attention, right? And so what I do is I narrow my focus on whatever needs to get done. So it's not balanced. Something is always going to give at some point and all, all you can do is really focus on whatever task you have at hand. So yes, you guys know that I manage a lot outside of what you guys see, you know, the Soda Academy, the Business Ship Podcast, my licensing deals, my blog, my sponsorships, my collaborations. There's all this other business stuff that I run, right? Things that you guys don't see. You know, my speaking engagements, my teachings, my core, all kinds of stuff. There's no way that I can equally balance all of that and balance my kids, my husband, my house. There's just, it's impossible. So what I do is I schedule whatever's gonna get done that week. Some weeks we're ordering Postmates and eating leftovers and some weeks I have time to cook lunch and dinner. It really just depends. Some weeks I can't stop to play with the kids. Does that make me a bad mom? No, it makes me busy. It makes me an entrepreneur. Some weeks I can't meet all my deadlines. Does that make me a bad business person? No, it makes me human. We need to stop allowing what other people say to you or think to control how you feel about yourself, which I would do a lot. All you can do is do your best. I just use a method um, called stacking. Honestly, I don't even know if, if that really exists. That's just what I call it. So I stack my weeks. Business shit gets done on this day. On, these, on this week, I'm focused on Soda Academy. The next week, I'm, I'm focused on whatever new project we're building. On the next week, I'm focused on my licensing deals and collaborative deals that I'm doing. On the four, like I literally stack my weeks with what is happening that week, and that's all I can focus on. If I tried in one week to manage businesses, Soda Academy, Simplicity, licensing deals, I'd go crazy. There's just no possible way. So for me, I just try and make sure that I stack whatever needs doing so that I allow room in between those things to breathe, to be present with my kids, to be present with my husband, to be present with myself, which is really important um, because I think that this idea that we have to have it all done is a crock of shit and that we have to be the best mom and the best wife and the best friend and the best sister and the, and the, and the, and the, and that somehow that means that you have to be everything to everybody all the time. 
or you're slacking or you're somehow not balancing or you're somehow not not doing everything you're supposed to be doing and that just adds a lot of pressure and the pressure adds to the anxiety and the anxiety adds to so much in your life so please you guys when you see that I'm doing all of these things, please don't think that I'm just balancing all this and that every week I'm just sitting around kicking my feet up and having a great old time. No, that's not how life works. Trust and believe that I go through all of the same things that you guys go through. I just have found a way that works for me to manage the schedule that I do, but there is no balance. One week, something is going to give. One week, you're going to focus in one area of your life. One week, the kid's going to be eating Postmates. One week, they're going to be having home-cooked meals and bedtime stories and all that really you know, great mommy shit that you want to be doing. But that's not always the case. And for me, it's funny because I always think about all of, the, all of these people who are coming up sort of behind me wanting to be the next Mimi G. I, I root for you. I really do. I root for you. I give you all of this information so that you can do that. Okay. My business model is laid out. You guys can follow everything that I do. I want you to win. I want everybody to win. But you also have to be aware that with that amount of responsibility comes a whole lot of shit that you don't realize that I don't always share, which is why it's important to me to share these things because I am constantly on public awareness, right? People are always looking to see what I'm doing or what I'm saying or how I'm dressing or how what I'm posting. The level of responsibility, not just to my family and my kids, but also to my business, to my business partners, to my collab, you know, collaborative efforts, all of those things sort of compound on you and that's why I want everybody to know that when you see me and you see all this really great stuff that I'm posting, don't think that I'm behind that there isn't stress, there isn't um, worry, there isn't fear, there isn't concern, there isn't insecurities. There's all that shit. All of it. It's just how, I, how I've learned to deal with it and how I've learned to move even when I feel overwhelmed, because all you have to do is move. Procrastination is one of the things that you guys related to a lot. And the thing is, all you have to do is move. <laughs> you just have to move. Listen, you cannot start a business in your head while sitting on the damn couch. You can't work on your future or tackle your to-do list by simply obsessing about what you need to, need to do. You actually have to do it. Even if it's small steps, I've talked about this over. I Sometimes I feel like a broken record, you guys, but it's because I really want you guys to understand. Everybody is fearful. Everybody's busy. Everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody has a job. Everybody has you know, a family or a kid or a parent, they're responsible, something. Somebody always has something. You have to move regardless of it. Just fucking move. Have you guys read Mel Robbins, um, the five second rule? I've I'm sure I've talked about this before. I'm sure it's in probably that list of books that I did in episode whatever it is, season one. 
That book is life changing. Five, four, three, two, run, two, one. Your brain allows you only a couple of seconds to talk you out of what you need to do. So when you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I gotta go work out. And then you give your brain those couple of seconds and read her book because I'm probably chopping this whole shit up. <laughs> Just go read her book. But basically what it is. If you allow your brain those couple of seconds to be like, well, you could start tomorrow. Well, you're not really feeling that well. Well, you have a busy day. Well, the kids, forget it. You've already talked yourself out of it. You're not going to the damn gym. You're not doing anything that you set yourself up to do. So five, four, three, two, one means that when you count down five, four, three, two, one, you have to move. Now that doesn't mean five, four, three, two, one, and then just sit there and think about what you were gonna do. No, it's five, four, three, two, one, get your ass out of the bed, put your workout clothes on, get in the car, drive to the gym. Once you're standing there, you're gonna work out. You have to physically move your body in order to get your brain to switch. If you five, four, three, two, one, and then you stay, that you're now allowed six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds to go and you've talked yourself out of it. For me, when I read that book, it changed my entire life. I wanted to get up early every morning. I would say, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to start my day earlier. And the alarm would go off and I would snooze that shit and go right back to sleep. Okay. And give myself some excuse in those five, four, three, two, one, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> I think I'm just going to snooze for 50 more minutes and then 50 more minutes. When I read her book, 54321, basically what you do is whenever you know you have to do something, probably something that you don't really want to do, you count down 54321. And when you get to one, you move your body, you just do it. So the next day I said, okay, I read this book. I'm going to wake up in the morning. When my alarm went off, I literally in my head counted 54321 and I jumped out of the bed. I probably scared the shit out of Norris when I jumped out of the bed the first time. He was like, what's happening? But it worked. It worked because I cut that brain off, right? I stopped it from changing my mind about what it is that I wanted to do. So whatever it is that you're doing, whether you have a proposal to write or you're trying to work out in the mornings or you're trying, whatever it is, try it. Please go get her book. Mel Robbins, I love her. I adore her. I follow her. I read all, everything she writes, I read. Um, she's super smart, but one of the things that I has always stuck with me is that five, four, three, two, one rule. And I want you guys to, to try it. The next time that you feel like you're going to talk yourself out of doing something that you're going to do, like you need to go to yoga or whatever it is, five, four, three, two, one, and wear something that you're going to do yoga in and move, just move your body. If you need to write something for work or you need to do a blog post or you need, whatever it is, five, four, three, two, one, go sit at the desk. It works. Trust me. All right. Now, the quickest way to get over being stuck is to just do it. So don't overwhelm yourself with all of the things you need to do. Just pick one. Just pick one and do that one. All right, guys, actionable to do. This is sort of tagged on to last week's episode, too. I want you to start a journal. And every time you start to feel that knot in your stomach, and for you, it might be different, right? You need to identify what that trigger is for you. Before you start to go down that rabbit hole of anxiety, there's always something that happens to you, right? So it's either you get a knot in your stomach or your heart starts to beat faster or whatever it is. Every time that you start to feel that, I want you to write down what it is that you're feeling. 
I want you to write down why you're feeling overwhelmed or what the thought is that's going through your mind. I want you to write it down because if you can identify what is triggering it, you can start to fix it, right? So for example, if you're writing everything down and you you can read it, right? So write everything down that you're feeling, you're gonna read it and then you're gonna say, can I fix it? If you can fix it, write down small steps that you can do to fix it and just do one. If you can't fix it, then why are you stressing yourself about it? Write it down. Acknowledge what it is that you're feeling. Acknowledge that you can't fix it, okay? And then stop stressing about it. I think the journal for me was really helpful to be able to look at what was triggering my anxiety, what was um, what the thoughts were that I was having as I was going down this damn rabbit hole. And what was really helpful was to take my journal with me to therapy so that my therapist could see, have a little bit of insight in through, into what was going on with me during the week when I was not sitting with her. Um, I think that was really helpful. Um, so get a journal, just a small one, or even the notes on your phone, whatever it is, just write it down so that you can start to see maybe a pattern and maybe start to figure out what's triggering those emotions for you. All right. You guys know I have an email segment, uh, Talk Your Shit. If you have a question or you want to just share your story with me or whatever it is, email me at businessshit at gmail.com. Um, I, this is where I get these questions that I'm answering within the podcast. They're super helpful to me because it lets me know what you guys want to know, what you guys want me to talk about, uh, what you guys might need more insight on. So please email. Also, Norris and I want to do a live workshop for business shit. We want to go on the road. So if you are interested, um, please email us and let us know what city you're in because we're going to try and gather as much information about the cities that have the most um, response and then maybe start outlining those tour dates for you guys. Uh, the next thing is follow us on Instagram. Listen, you guys, business shit is at like, I don't know, 65, 6,900 followers right now. I need to get to 10 so that I can link out from the <laughs> from my stories. That shit is annoying. I be wanting to link out from stories and I can't, okay? So go follow at business shit on Instagram. Also, make sure, make sure and join our Facebook group. Listen, our Facebook group for business shit is fantastic because you could go on there and you can find other people going through similar situations. You can share ideas, you can get feedback. It's completely judgment-free. It's a safe place for you to come and join and talk to other people. If you haven't joined, please head over. It's linked um, in the show notes and also in the blog post. Also, watch us on YouTube if you're listening and you wanna see all these crazy expressions that I make with my face. <laughs> go watch me on YouTube. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. And please remember that in order for your business to succeed, it must be the shit. It needs to solve a problem. It needs to help them get past their current stage. It needs to earn respect and build trust. I'm out. Hey guys, you wish you could learn to sew and design your own clothes? Well, now you can. No experience needed. Go sign up for our free trial at sewedacademy.com. Peace.